Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Mind Your Soul and today's guest is Ricky, which I'm already a fan of um, and it's called De-Escalating Relationship Conflicts, A Journey to Emotional Connection. So welcome Ricky, you are a psychotherapist with specialty in relationships, right? That's and based true. in New York City, yeah, based in New York, New York City. Yep. Um, and I'm a huge fan of yours as well and I'm oh, I love so that. excited for this conversation. <laughs> Me too. And I think we collected, we did a, a common collab and we actually got lots of questions for our followers. So we have not made up any of these questions. Um, and I think we got some really good different questions on relationships. So we will try to, both of us try to um, answer them. But basically the questions are from you, Ricky, uh, for you, as you're the guest on today's show. And um, yeah, so I think we should just go right in. Um, so the first question is, is there any techniques or methods on how to make your partner understand that you repeatedly don't feel heard or seen or respected, even though you communicated to avoid mutual frustrations and negative energies? So um, there are there are lots of, of different ways to approach that. Um, mm -hmm. What a what a painful situation to be in to feel that your partner um, doesn't doesn't hear you or, or mm -hmm. isn't able to connect that way. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very curious to hear to hear the science behind this actually, because <laughs> there, there are all these different templates out there. Um, there's there's goddess men's, there's um, the sort of nonviolent communication template, which which I love. There's uh, Terry Real talks about the the feedback wheel and all of them really emphasize beginning a conversation that does not include criticism, that, that it's so tempting to start with, with you're doing this or you're not doing that. Um, and that is sort of a guarantee that the conversation is not going to go where you want it to go, that you're not going to be heard the way that you're hoping to be heard. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm, I'm so eager to hear what is it that happens in somebody's brain that makes it, that, that sort of shuts down communication there. But um, but the goal is really to um, to start with sort of this is this is what I see happening and and stick to observations um, and to separate those from and this is how I feel about it or this is this is how I'm interpreting it and and that way you're you're sharing your experience in a way that's not mm -hmm. judgmental and and that is more likely to elicit more empathy from a partner. Yeah, instead of saying like pointing fingers, yeah. because yeah, what, what you just said about the brain part. Okay, so we are always in flight, fight and fight mode, mm -hmm. which is our reptilian brain, which is also called the emotional brain, which obviously takes over in situations like this. So amygdala, which is placed in the middle of the brain, just to emphasize, first of all, all the brain's area work together, right? But some are more emphasized when, when we are faced in those um tough situations like this when you're trying to communicate something and you don't feel like they're hearing you or listening or they're not present right they're not mm -hmm. understanding it and to you is very clear but that's because you operate from that fear right you operate from amygdala which is here to protect you so you're already feeling anxious and when this comes out it does not come out right because you're not thinking rationally you're working with your emotional brain and and that's kind of hard because when you're doing that obviously the message will not come out right because you're just 
in your fear and anxiety state and then you can't even think clearly so how is your partner mm -hmm. supposed to receive that message clearly so that's why i always like when i'm facing those situations i i always need space for myself like we're all different because mm -hmm. i need to process my emotional brain i sometimes i need three days <laughs> like I need three days without talking about, I know. And, and this has been like um, difficult because we're all different, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the partners I've been with, they haven't always understood me because they wanted to address it right now. But I'm like, no, because when I'm going to speak, it's not going to come out right. I need to process it so I can trigger my prefrontal cortex, which is located here, to be in the rational state of mind when I'm speaking to you. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, my emotions will take over and this will not be a good conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm one of those who needs to like go for a walk for three days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> like I need the whole three days. <laughs> so, well, I know myself, right? So, so this is what happens in the brain. So we need to like pause and, and be in the rational state of mind instead of mm -hmm. in that flight, fight and anxiety mode, you know? Mm -hmm. um, do you agree with me, Ricky? Yeah, that actually that that really brings up two two points for me one is is i think that what you're saying is is that it may be that your partner actually cannot hear you in those moments they're they're not able to participate it's not about not caring it's not about mm. not wanting to be there but their brain is functioning in a way right now where they're just not able to participate um, and when you say I need to go for a walk for three days, um, you that's awesome. It depends on the fight, though. <laughs> it, de maybe, it depends on the topic. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> um, I can relate to that. Um, but you you sort of have that awareness that that I I can't do this right now. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's it's so much better to be able to say to somebody, I need to go for a three day walk, yes. than to try and fight it out. Yeah, so I'm very conscious. I've learned so much through uh, the experiences that I've been through. So this has come with experience. Of course, a younger version of me would not be able to do that. Mm -hmm. But the experienced 39-year-old version of me today knows uh, how she reacts and, and what triggers me, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm also learning constantly. So I was also very excited for you to come on this podcast because I'm learning so much from your content on relationships. Um, as we are all constantly in relationships, be it love-wise or friend-wise or business-wise, we are all in relationships constantly. So I think like I'm learning so much from your page um, about uh, how to handle these relationship conflicts. Um, so yeah. Okay, so second questions. Do you have any tips for remembering to prioritize communication with your spouse when hit with multiple challenges simultaneously? Um, so this one is also for you, Ricky. Um, so kind of sticking with the theme here, what, what's really yeah. awesome about this question is that it's it's preemptive. I've noticed I've noticed this problem. Um, what do we do about it? And having a conversation when when you're not in the moment, when you haven't already sort of taken off and and are in the middle of the conflict, is so much more effective because like you were just talking about your your brain can do it you're in mm -hmm. a calmer you're in a calmer place yes definitely i think that was a very good answer yeah 
So the third question was, uh, okay, that was directed towards me, but you are very welcome to chip in uh, like we're chipping in, of course. So it was about the brain's role in relationships. Uh, what kind of chemicals and areas are affected when we are feeling love and passion? So just to start that off, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's do that. So in the context of relationship, what happens that um, the role does play a role, but it's like there are so many areas affected there's like attachment and bonding. And that um, what it does is that it highlights, I'm so bad at pronouncing it, oxytocin and vasopressin, which are hormones often called, they often call the bonding hormones. So they're released through the brain. Um, so they pr promote kind of like an emotional, emotional attachment. When you're like seeing someone, you kind of feel attached. I know attachment is not good. There are different types of attachment. <laughs> so, um, and then there's the dopamine, right? It's all those reward hormones coming in, uh, which is involved in the reward system, the dopamine. And it's, it's like the feeling of pleasure and reinforcement. Um, and then there's amygdala that I just talked about, which is located in the middle, which is involved in processing emotions and social interactions. And um, then there's the prefrontal cortex, which is primarily crucial for decision making and evaluating the consequences of action. But that's like more the rational part of the brain. Mm. Uh, and then there's the stress, stress response also involved, um, which can impact um, all of these areas because when we are feeling this love and passion and we are learning a new person, our stress response is definitely triggered. So amygdala, the reward system, all of them, they are very much heightened. So our stress levels are actually up, even though we are feeling this, oh, I'm so happy, but still we're also feeling anxious because we have this expectation of somebody else. Can you relate, Ricky, to what I'm saying? Like, like oh yeah yeah you're feeling excited but at the same time you're feeling this fear right of mm -hmm. rejection maybe of is it mutual so like all of this is happening in our brains like mm -hmm. so it's kind of tough actually to be in that situation when you are just falling in love where you're not in the com comfortable um space with your relationship you're in the new beginning phase then you feel all kinds of triggers in your brain actually mm -hmm. um yeah, so that was basically the answer to that, that all the chemicals work together. So I wanted to know what you think about this, like with the stress also, the stress response in the brain, like the amygdala, which needs that protects us, which feeds off of fear, is actually also very much highlighted when we are, we are in love. Um, can you um, elaborate on that? Yeah, so it's fascinating to hear about that, actually, because... Um, you know, one of the common issues that couples uh, who are in long-term relationships face, especially monogamous couples, mm -hmm. is this sort of, over time, this waning of attraction or mm -hmm. there's less excitement. Mm -hmm. um, and when you think about it in the context of this stress response that accompanies mm -hmm. the excitement of falling in love, um, you can't stay there. You don't, no. don't want to stay in that exactly stressful your your brain can't stay in that no you can't stay yeah. in that yeah your body reacts to whatever you feel like it's all correlated yeah. right yeah you feel stressed out like you're not supposed to feel that yeah mm. and then there's this sort of flip side where the the, <laughs> the price i guess you could say of comfort of mm -hmm. not having that stress is that you lose some of those butterflies some of that yeah that early energy 
Mm. So what can you do about this? Like, I feel like this is the same. I feel like everyone I know, even in mm -hmm. long term or like in a new relationship, they all face the same issues. Like, so what is the... I know falling in love or, you know, it's like uh, you do that and then it passes away. Like then you kind of begin to love that person. It's like different. You grow with them and falling mm -hmm. like you can stay in love with them the same way you were before because you change and evolve yourself constantly. Mm -hmm. And so does the relationship. But I still feel like you could do so much more to have that fire in your relationship. Right. Mm hmm. But I feel people always say to me like, oh, yeah, it's the same old drill. I've known him for 15 years. You know, it's like, no, no, he's not going to change that habit of his, you know, whatever. I'm just going to live with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, and when it's new, it's like, oh, I think he's the one. I think I'm ready now. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he checks off my whole checklist. But, I, but I'm like, but you don't know him. Like, you don't know <laughs> how, how it's going to be like in three months or in, in one year. Like, you see different sides of a person. Yeah. You're not constantly in the same You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We change like all the time. So how can you say he checks it all off? You haven't seen all the sides of him. So what is your advice on this, Ricky? Because this is something me and my friends talk about all yeah. the time, right? Like yeah. this is the main topic that we talk about. <laughs> so. It's a good one. I mean, this is a huge topic. Um, yeah. Two things that, that I think of right away are one, just A, knowing that, that that's coming, that that's sort of part of the package of being in a longer relationship is that mm -hmm. it's going to change, that there's going to be yeah. those ups and downs mm. um, and an understanding that that's, that's normal and it's not mm. necessarily a sign that this is bad or this is when, if you, when you lose that excitement, it doesn't mean I'm with somebody boring. It means no, no. your relationship is evolving. Um, and, and the other thing um And these are not the only things, but but maintaining that curiosity and and maintaining that awareness that you don't really know the person you're mm. with in the way that it becomes so tempting to believe that you do. Yeah, you so, think you know them, right? You're like, oh, yeah. I've been with him for so many years, like, but still you haven't like seen all of his or her size yet because we yeah. keep evolving. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's the sort of comfort that that tampers the stress response. Oh, I, exactly. I know this person. Mm. Um, but to, and sometimes it, it requires work in the relationship to maintain to or, or to strengthen your separate identities also. Yes, so I agree. That you don't have such a strong feeling of, I know exactly what this person is doing and thinking. Um, yeah, I know how he will react. Like, yeah. I always know his answer because do you, do you know? You know yeah. what I'm saying? you don't yeah. always know his answer like I already know what's going on inside of his mind and I know he's going to react this and this way and sometimes when they don't react like that they're like so disappointed like I thought he would react like that you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. and then then a conflict is like sometimes it involves a conflict it's like okay I you always do this why did you change like the direction or whatever and then they'll be like because like they're growing to an evolve he's not the he or she is not the same person yeah yeah so this is something that you deal with in your practice right I, I mean I mean you deal with many of the subjects yeah like, yeah conflicts like those yeah people like couples being together for many years and having like these conflicts I, I think that's quite normal right of course yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, 
Uh, that was a very good answer, Ricky. Thank you. Because I was I was thinking that we always talk about this. So I actually got another question about, okay, the difference between the brain areas affected versus like falling in love or feeling in love versus feeling attracted. And this is something quite interesting because doing the research myself, I figured out that I thought I'd been in love many times, mm. but I figured out I was mostly just attracted. Like I haven't really... So there's actually a difference. So let's talk about the attraction. Um, so what happens is that um, our memory, hypothalamus is called, uh, it's is actually part of the hippocampus, which is a, a memory association, but it plays a big part in sexual attraction and desire. So it releases hormones that influence sexual behavior and motivation. And again, I'm going to mention amygdala, which I have so many times because they all work together, right? Um, so the initial attraction is like, it feeds, amygdala feeds off the attraction that you feel, uh, which is associated with arousal. When you meet somebody new, you're excited, right? Because it triggers all kinds of feelings inside of you. Um, and then there's nucle uh, nucleus accumbens, which is referred to as the brain's pleasure center. Um, so it's like the anticipation of rewards um, when you're with that person that you're attracted to. So this area is actually very much highlighted. And it's kind of also placed in the middle, in the back area. And then there's ventral tegmental area. So they all kind of overlap, right? Um, which is a neurotransmitter um, associated with pleasure and reward. So when we are attracted, we feel this. Um, so there is a difference. That was the attraction part, right? And then there's the love part. So now we are back to releasing those reward hormones, oxytocin, vasopressin that I mentioned before. But then the nucleus is also here. Um, you feel rewarded when you're with that person. You release dopamine. Like you feel happy hormones in your brain releasing when you're in love. And you can be confused by being in love or being attracted because it's kind of the similar areas that goes around, right? Uh, but here it actually involves the prefrontal cortex. When you're in love, you're very much, much also conscious about it, actually, because you decide to spend time with this person over and over again. When you're only attracted, I think you might find them interesting in the beginning and then you figure out, ah, they're not like, um, like they're not compatible with me or like I'm not really feeling it. Um, so this one is more, you're more conscious about like falling in love with them and you really want to try this out. So there is a difference. Um, and then there's the anterior cingulate cortex, which is associated with regulating emotional responses and dealing with emotional conflicts actually to maintaining a healthy relationship. So these kind of areas are more the conscious ones. They're not only the subconscious ones that happens when you are very much attracted to them. But it does have 50% of the subconscious, like the hormone release and everything, falling in love. So I do get that it's kind of difficult to find out, like, you, you do need to be attracted in order to fall in love, right? But like going further with that relationship, I think it, you do need more conscious um, decisions. Because do you want to be in relationship with them? Or is it just like a few dates or, you know what I'm saying? Um yeah, I don't know your take on that, Ricky, but that was my answer to it. <laughs> um, I, I don't know my take either. I don't know that I, I have a 
a way to tell one versus the other. Um, yeah, it's kind of difficult, right? So I'm not sure. Have I been in love or have I just been attracted? Like, I really don't have the answer either. I was so, that's why I wanted to ask you, was there, what in that research made you think, oh, maybe I wasn't in love and it was just attraction? I think when I, when I got away from... Okay, so what I've experienced is that um, going from the subconscious to actually being conscious about it, I was like, you know what? I can't really see a future with you. I, I don't feel like we're compatible. So when I'm in the rationalization, mm -hmm. and sometimes you just drag on the relationship, right? It's like, oh, it's, I, I like him. It's comfortable. You mm -hmm. know, I like hanging out with you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it's, it's not like, but then when I go to the conscious part of it, I'm like, yeah, I could really see us not being compatible. Like mm -hmm. we're looking back, right? Mm -hmm. um, now my red flags radar is like out there, like mm. consciously. <laughs> so, because I, I'm, I'm experienced now. I'm not like a young 20-year-old. You know what I'm saying? So I'm very much conscious about what am I feeling? My time is precious. I really need to attract the right ones, mm -hmm. spend time with aligned people, you know? Now I'm very much on the conscious side, mm -hmm. more than I, I am on the subconscious side. But of course, I'm mm -hmm. attracted subconsciously, and then I have a choice, right? I have a choice um, to continue it or not. Um, so I, I am very much working with my prefrontal cortex, I feel mm -hmm. like. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, it's easy to say that now, but sometimes I'm also like, I don't get this, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> stuff like that. Because um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just like any, everyone else out there trying to figure this whole relationship thing out. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm, feel like love is really difficult. Like, uh, yeah, it's really tough. Like, this is the subject that interests me the most because I think it's really been tough, like, from my experiences. And also what I see, like, in my friends and people around me. Like, most of the people are divorced, right? Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. So that is sad, right? I, I think you should be divorced if you're not happy, obviously. Coming from myself, I'm divorced. But I'm just saying that, I just see this a lot more than I see people working on their relationships. That's what I'm saying. I see more that they they going apart than trying mm -hmm. to like go to therapy or do counseling or like people do not always take on those uh, methods in order to improve their relationship. They just feel like it's died, you know. Yeah, I definitely I see that a lot in social media where I think a lot of the content is intended for maybe an earlier stage of the relationship. Mm, where, yes, like, that is what I see too. Yeah, yeah. you see a red flag, get out of there. Yeah. Um, whereas yeah. in a long-term relationship, uh, when you've been with somebody for a long time, when there's a, a, a deep commitment there, they're going to have some like pretty tough qualities that that don't necessarily mean run away. Or it's not even that they have qualities. I there, agree. There will be some misalignment there. Yeah. Um, that's expected. Um, what you were saying about this attraction versus love um, also makes me think about how um, sometimes people will will mistake that that excitement that that excitement yeah. saying that oh yeah and and then think also that if they don't have that type of excitement at first that that means it it's a relationship that doesn't have potential, which is also not true. Yeah. So, but how do you know? Like, for me, I need that excitement. So when I'm not feeling excited, I'm like, okay, see ya. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. sometimes my friends say, no, 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 no. You know, 
like it's it's not like you just said but i'm like i'm not feeling it like why yeah. should i keep talking to you you know what i'm saying yeah so, totally. so like i i don't know like how to do this like i'm learning i feel like i'm a student for life in this subject because i don't know i don't have the recipe it, if it doesn't feel right for me i'm just going to end it like my intuition is very strong and i'm i'm finally the last couple of years i've started listening to it and i'm a whole different person and i keep evolving so when my intuition can say on the spot okay like you're compatible with him or you can say yo no what get out now run fast and then i do that like i listen to my intuition and then i'm done i'm not like i'm not mm -hmm. even giving you more chances i'm done cuz i don't feel it so <laughs> you know what i'm saying so, i don't know um, if i'm self sabotaging yeah. or what i don't know well i i mean the excitement is is wonderful everybody wants it but it can be constant um, i know i get that well i think that maybe there's room to understand what it is that's exciting to you mm -hmm. um and then uh, and then to be able to make a more conscious choice about whether is that is that an exciting like are yeah, you yeah, talking about this that. person because of mm. uh, a quality that uh that might actually be hurtful to you or yeah am i protecting myself or? this these these are questions that i ask myself actually mm -hmm. is this me putting on my shield because i've been through so much like is this me mm. protecting me or is it me like seeing the red like the uh, re yeah the red flags or what is it sometimes i am confused so i could really use you like on a day to day basis <laughs> i have this question ricky no but, but like like th this is tough right this is why yeah. me and my girlfriends we talk about this a lot like trying to figure out like because we don't know what's happening in the other person's mind so what I've practiced is that having honest conversations. This mm -hmm. is something I started, I think, two or three years ago. I was like, I'm just gonna speak my mind, but not like a, I'm speaking it with a rational. I process it and then mm -hmm. I speak it, so the other person can actually listen and hear. And then I, I don't know, like I don't assume that he's gonna say this or that. I'm just gonna put it out there because I'm staying true to myself. And this has worked very effectively for me, like communicative wise. Mm -hmm. Instead of me thinking he will say this and that, like those scenarios, I'm just I just stop with that because that just yeah kills. Uh, I mean that's a huge skill. That's that's yeah I'm practicing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah I'm trying that, and I think uh, honest communications is what really gets you there because many mm -hmm. people hold things back right which mm -hmm. actually leads me to our last question of boundaries yeah how do, yeah how do i know to enforce a boundary or when to accommodate i feel like this last question really sums it all up right having boundaries yeah, yeah. well that ties in so nicely with what you're talking you about that, that when you're not sure is this a red flag or is this what am i being too protective um when you communicate what you need, um, then then you're going to get information back. How is this person going to respond? Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so how the question is, how do I know if I should in, if I should enforce, enforce the boundary? The boundary. Yeah. 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 Um, so again, this is another there's no there's not a, a right answer. Mm. Um, I think that sometimes and I I bet a lot of people will disagree with this, but that we kind of equate boundaries with needs. Mm -hmm. And to me, they're not really the same. A boundary is a way to meet a need mm -hmm. versus the need it 
itself. So uh, I need to get, I need eight hours of sleep might be a need. Yeah. My boundary might be, so I'm going to go to bed at 10 p.m. Mm. But another boundary might be, so I'm going to wake up later. Like it doesn't, that's probably not the best example, but, (laughs) but, but when you separate the boundary from the need, there's a little more room for flexibility. So if you can have a conversation with your partner, what are, what are your needs and what are my needs here? It's easier to talk about how to meet both of them instead of deciding who's going to win and who's going to lose here. Because once, once there's going to be somebody, somebody gets what they need and the other person doesn't, then mm-hmm. you're both losing. Then the relationship loses. Yeah, I agree. That was, that was a really good answer. Do you have any final thoughts, Ricky, before we end this episode on a relationship? And yeah, it was about de-escalating, right? Um, so uh, relationship conflicts. Do you have uh, anything you want to add to our listeners out there? Because it is a mental health podcast. Um, so yeah, do you have anything you want to add on as a final thought? Um, sure, just just that um, all of these ways of de-escalating, they, they're effective. Um, and it's really mm-hmm. cool to hear how your brain works in a way that, that, work, that can work with you or, or what, where the stress comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the work in therapy is sort of understanding what gets in your way of, of doing those, of, of implementing mm-hmm. those strategies. What are the things that you have in place already? Um, and where did they come from? And what will it take to feel safe to try something else? Mm-hmm. So, so it's it's work to to make that switch. It sounds mm-hmm. like we can describe it and oh, just just say this way, just approach that way. But mm-hmm. it's not a simple switch to make. No, it takes time and it takes yeah. experience, and um, you have to go through a lot, like in order to figure out what works for you. But thank God we have therapists like you can help you with like the right tools for relationships, I'm right? Neuroscientists like you. Yes, and I, I, yeah, and I know what parts of the brain triggers what and stuff like that. So I think, yeah, our listeners will definitely follow us, and they can. I will put out reels and stuff like that, and um, yeah, so they can learn something. And I'm learning so much every day from your content. So that's amazing. Thanks. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for coming over, Ricky. Really appreciate it. Thanks, thanks so, much so much for having me. This has been so yeah. much fun. It has. Bye. Bye.